to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to welcome those joining us online as well. A beautiful church online, faithful church online. I know on a holiday weekend, there's many of you in the mountains. I'm not trying to be bitter here or anything or at the lake, or, but we love you and have fun, amen, but be safe. Uh, but it's good to see each of you. Thank you for being here. Good crowd this morning, good crowd, second service. Well, I know you're thinking about grilling out and all that fun stuff, uh, but I thank you for taking the opportunity to be with us this morning and gather with us. And, and let me say first, and we'll honor them later, but thank you, thank you, thank you to all the men and women who served and gave the ultimate sacrifice to give us what we have, and that is freedom in America and freedom to gather and worship. So thank you. I don't take that for granted. Amen. That is freedom isn't free. Amen. Freedom is not free. So uh, last week, I jumped into a little series. It's going to be three weeks. Uh, today's second half of that the 12th will be the next, uh, we'll finish it. But I wanted to look at the two trees. There are trees in Genesis that are talked about, and we're gonna look at them in just a little bit, but two specific trees that God reminds us of. And I want to take a look at those because those trees uh, are not just trees in backdrop of a Bible story. They are a way of life. They are a way of life. You either living out of one, are you living out of another? As a country, you either live out of one or you live out of another. So I wanna look at it. Go to your Bible, look at Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, I hope you don't need help finding Genesis. I'm gonna trust you on that one, all right? Genesis chapter two. I wanna begin, the text is 16 and 17, but I do wanna jump up to eight and nine uh, just because I wanna lay a little bit of framework there. Um, Look at verses eight and nine. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put a man and he, that he formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now skip down to 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. Mm. If you have your Bible, will you please put a box around that? We read past that. I, I said this in the first service. We just read past that. Look what he says to him. You are free. Don't ever forget that. This is how he wanted you. Do you see that? That's, that's, that's what he wanted. When the Lord set you free, you're free indeed. This is, he laid the framework from it from the very beginning. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. You will surely die. What you are seeing displayed for you on a daily basis, every single day, is life from one tree or the other. If that has not become even more clear to you in the last several years, <laughs> whew, you, you seriously need some smelling sauce. Uh, you gotta wake up. This is displaying in front of our eyes on a daily basis, life lived from one tree and life from another tree. It is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the world, or man, or religion, or the tree of life, life from God. You'll be planted like a tree by streams of living water. I will give to you water. I will feed you. He, this, is, this is the world tree that you can eat from, or this is God's tree of life you can eat from. You gotta be careful though, because he said, you eat from one of them, <laughs> you eat from one of them, you're gonna surely die. You're gonna surely die. And can I tell you this? There are individuals, many, who have played the part of introducing you to a tree, and they would love for you to eat from that tree. They not only would love for you to eat from this tree, they dress it up, perfume it up, clean it up, tan it up, sell it really well, and say, oh, you don't need all that stuff. You just need what we're offering you. You better make sure that you are planted mm, by streams of living water and that the Holy Spirit of God is pumping through your veins so that your eyes won't get clouded and you take from a tree you shouldn't be taken from. For he says, for surely when you do that, you will die. The tree is on full display 24-7 around the clock and it has great salesmen attached to it trying to push an agenda and a worldview for you to eat from. Two trees in a garden are more than just a backdrop to a Bible story. They can be a way of life. In chapter one of the Bible, we see the creation of the world and we see the creator. In chapter two, we see the making of Adam and Eve. We see the first sin and we see the two trees. It's the second story for a reason. Everything else in the Bible hinges on it. The, the, the story of the two trees is played out the rest of the way in the Bible, the rest of the way. So let's look at the two trees. The tree of life, which we'll look at on June 12th, the tree of life has freedom, has grace, has eternal life. It says God is good and God is forgiving. That's a good tree. The tree of knowledge of good and evil offers this to you. Bondage, the law, leads to death. God is only a judge and we are condemned. <laughs> That's a bad tree. 
that's an ugly tree. That's a sorry tree. That's, a, that's an ugly tree. I don't know why you would even want to eat from that tree. But listen to me. You dress it up right, and you put enough stuff on it, and you can sell it under any name, and that's exactly what it is. It's bad stuff. So let's look at the fruit, because that's where we got. You remember he made all kinds of trees. Oh, yeah, he made the pear tree and the apple tree and all that good stuff. He made them all. But then he made those two trees in the middle, and he said, hey, them two trees right there, mm, those are big trees. And that one tree in the middle, you better be careful. That'll get you. So I want you to look at the fruit. Number one, the fruit is knowledge. Most of us think it is an apple. It's not a honey crisp. It's just not. That's a good apple. You might be on the sour side like me, Granny Smith. It's a good apple, all right? A little tart for some people. They like a little sweeter. But this is not an apple. This is, this is fruit of knowledge, all right? So what is knowledge? That's a very good question to ask. So what is this knowledge? So if this is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what, what is this knowledge that is available on this tree? It's information. Do we have, do we have enough information for y'all today? Are y'all information overloaded? Lord, help. We have to have more information right now than we've ever had as a nation, but we're stupider than we've ever been. <laughs> I just, I, I know, I'm sorry, boy, I'm gonna have some coffee this week. But I'm just saying, we, we, we have got enough information. We got more geniuses and smart people. We got all kind of stuff, but we watch us operate in this earth suit on this dirt ball. We look dumber. Ooh, we look dumber as a tree. I'm like, how in the world can a nation with so much get in its own way so much? Gosh, we know all this stuff. We've been given so much. We, we sit at the table of the Lord. We eat from his fountain. Man, we, these, we have so much. We're rich. But we keep getting in our own way, man. We keep getting in our own way, and we're going to see why we keep getting in our own way, because we've taken his place. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, I'll back up. Knowledge, information is knowledge. They bombard us with information. There's a reason they do that. Data, Lord help, we got data out the wazoo. I'm just telling you, we got data everywhere. Ideas, we got more ideas than we ever had. Most of them aren't worth a darn, right? We got a lot of ideas. Okay, stop. Uh, we get the worldview. They're chunking worldview at us. That means they're chunking it at us, feeding it to us, dressing it up, selling it, disguising it, perfuming it up, tanning it up. They're, that mean they have people that dressed up like puppets playing the part to sell us this worldview junk. I'm telling you, that's drawn from a tree you don't want to eat from. Don't go to that tree. That tree is not going to satisfy you. It's not. They want you there. Oh, they want you there bad. Why? Because if you eat, you become them. That's why they want you there. That's why. And they're sweet about it. There's a worldview they chunk down you. There's a pattern. There's a thought pattern. If they can get you, the world is what I'm saying. If the world can get you to think like the world, it's got you. 
the world wants you to think it will take care of you. The world was never designed to take care of me. The creator was. That's simple. The world is not supposed to take care of me. The system of the world is not supposed to take me. This is not even my home, according to scripture. I'm not even supposed to be here making myself at home. I'm not supposed to hug this stuff. Why? Because this is not my home. I am passing through to my home. But while I'm here, I'm supposed to make much of Jesus so other people be drawn to Jesus. We're supposed to be the church raised up to meet the needs and people saved and lie and, and to see the lost people saved and make disciples. We're passing through here. We're not supposed to make ourselves at home here. Don't hug this world. It's not your home. So that's what they're chunking. The fruit is knowledge, information, data, ideas, worldview, thought patterns. They're trying to recreate them. Any university campuses, you go to any university campus today, you talk to college kids. Man, they're trying to twist, they're trying to twist everything. Twist it all up, man. Paying thousands of dollars for education has nothing to do with anything but just changing their mindset and thought process. So God is basically saying to each of us, you change your way of thinking, it will create separation. You will not be able to understand me. The reason is the stuff they're feeding us from that tree does not line up here. So you grow up eating out of this, you go out there and they shove that stuff down your throat, you gotta throw up. Don't swallow that junk. Don't take it in. We'll look at that in a little bit. That's what they're trying. It, it goes contradicting. They're contradicting everything that we, we as, as, as a believer, we as the church have been grown up in. I, I will put you as a tree planted by streams of water. The streams of water is the Holy Spirit pumping through you. You will bear fruit, man. There won't be drought in your life. There will always be fruit. So God is basically saying you change your way of thinking, okay? It'll create separation. You don't want separation between you and God. You do not. So you, want to, you, you might be thinking, well, pastor, is it wrong to have knowledge? No. No, it's not wrong to have knowledge. God said to Israel through Hosea, the prophet, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge isn't bad. It is not bad. It is as wrong, though, to have knowledge just to puff yourself up. If you want to get into the word to know the word, that's a good thing. But if you want to get into the word just so you'll know more than your neighbor so you can puff yourself up and make yourself better than him and judge him with it, that's not good. If you only want to know the word to beat somebody up with it, then you don't know the word. The word's not meant to be a whooping stick. It's a love letter to each of us about how good God is. God appeared to King Solomon in a dream and said to him, what do you want? And Solomon answered, he asked for one thing. He said, this is the one thing I want. I want wisdom to govern the nation of Israel and the ability to discern good from evil. Lord, help, give that to us. How about we get a president that says from God, God says, I'll give you one thing, what do you want? 
I want wisdom to govern the nation and the ability to determine discernment to determine good from evil. Oh my gosh. Isn't that beautiful? So God says to you, what do you want? He said, God, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. I want wisdom to lead my life, to lead my wife, to lead my family, to lead my business, to lead the people around me at work. And I want the ability and to have the discernment from good and evil. That's what I want. You see, too many people want to study this thing for a whole bunch of knowledge to impress somebody. Knowledge will puff you up, all right? Mm. Don't let knowledge puff you up. Never study the word of God to get knowledge only to be better than somebody else. I've said before, don't read, don't just read the Bible, let it read you. Don't just read the Bible, let it read you. Listen, don't, you, people will always try to impress you with everything they know. I know people, I mean, I know them. They, they, they can tell you everything in the Bible about Revelation, but they can't live James out on a daily basis. Don't just give a whole bunch of information to gain a whole bunch of knowledge. Jesus said, listen to me, it's more important for you to read this book, all right, to become more like me. I want you to know things. I want you to have knowledge, but the knowledge that I want you to have is the knowledge of who I am. Because the more you know me as the God of the creation, the more you know who you are because you're made in my image. Never forget that. So what is the fruit? Number one, the fruit is knowledge. Be careful why you have knowledge. Be careful where your knowledge comes from. Be careful what you do with your knowledge. We have a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of biblical, biblical background and knowledge and information, but they have struggled personally in their lives. Why? Because they knew more about Revelation than they knew about James. Number two, the fruit is deadly. Yes, it is. He said, if you eat it, you will surely die. Satan said, go ahead and eat it. Eat this fruit. You won't die. Did he really say you will die? He just doesn't want you to eat it because it'll make you, more, it'll make you like God. See how they dress it up, perfume it up, tan it up, make it look good? It's important to understand that our desire to know is often in direct opposition to our desire to trust. Sometimes you can get to know so much that you think you are God and you don't have to trust in him. We would rather gain knowledge and try to control our own lives than to trust God to take care of us. Maybe say it a different way. We'd rather become God rather than trust God. You see that played out? I ain't got time to wait on God. God's too slow. Where is God? I don't want to wait on God. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'll call my own shot. I am my own God. This is my life. I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want. Nobody tells me what to do. And what happens is we become, instead of trusting God, we become God. And we begin to call our own shots and decide when we're going to do it. Listen to me. God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher. His ways are better. His timing is better. 
Even when I thought God's timing was wrong, now I get on this side, I look back at it, that's best timing ever. Perfect timing. God never, ever, 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 ever makes a mistake. His timing's always beautiful. And he always has your interest, best, your best interest in mind. See, sometimes in life, man, we think, well, I, I wanna put this square peg in this round hole. Well, I'm sorry, that square peg won't go in that round hole. Well, yeah, it will. Well, no, it won't. Why? You, common sense will tell you that square peg will not go in that round hole. Number one, it's a square peg, and number two, it's a round hole. They don't go together. He says, yeah, you do. You just get a hammer. Well, it won't go. Well, get a bigger hammer. I mean, get a big old hammer. I mean, I'm gonna slam it in there. You slam it in there. You know what happens when you slam a square peg in a round hole? If you do get it in there, only certain parts of that square peg get in that hole. And the other parts of that square peg become splinters that stick in everybody around you, the people you love the most. You ever got a splinter from somebody's choice? My parents got divorced when I was in school. My dad shoved a square peg in a round hole instead of trusting God. That splinter stuck in my body, and I carried it for a long time, and I still carry it today. Choices we make in life hurt other people. Be careful that you don't make yourself out to be God and shove your square peg in your round hole because you want to. Think of somebody besides yourself sometimes. God says, listen to me. You trust me. I made you, and I made you in my image and I will feed you from a tree of life, and I will sustain you. Don't look at the world. Don't look at government. Don't look at people. Don't look at man. Don't look at anybody to sustain you or feed you. You trust me. You say, well, it don't look good, God. It didn't look good for me at one time either. But then on the third day, I rose again. So you just hang on. I got you. I got you. Don't become God. Rather, trust God. Be careful with that fruit. It is deadly. Number three, the fruit is consumed. I want you to go back, if you haven't, uh, if you've left, go back to Genesis 3. I want you to see it in Scripture. Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the, that, that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, I wanna say something to you. This is not a marriage retreat and I am not going there, all right? I know some of you say, Pastor, just go right there. Just go, baby, just go. No, I'm not taking that bait. I am not going there, all right? No. You wanna go there later? Bless your hearts, Memorial Day weekend, all right? All right? Don't do it, all right? I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm just saying that, that she took it and ate and gave to the husband, and that bonehead ate too, all right? Just saying. That's all there is, all right? Eating is not just putting food in your mouth. Mm, listen to me. I want you to look, think back about this tree. Think back. Information, data, worldview, thought process thought pattern, all right? Whole different way of thinking. This is not just putting it in your mouth. This literally means to consume it, to ingest it, to swallow it, to let it put, put it in your gut. 
to put it inside. Ideals, mm, information are ingested in our minds and then sin is conceived from it. I want you to see it in scripture. Go to James. That's way on the other side. Look at James. Look at verse, uh, James chapter one. Look at verses 13 through 15. James 1, 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Uh-oh. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he doesn't tempt anyone. But what happens then? But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. That's exactly what they want. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. What does that tree want? What does that whole system want? They want you to buy into it, eat from it, consume it, ingest it, it become part of your gut and you live out of it. <laughs> you can't give life from that tree. Don't eat, don't consume, don't take from it. And watch this, through a conversation, that's what happened in the garden, just through a conversation, amen? That's all it was. It's a serpent conversation with a woman, right? It's all it is, a conversation. I'm not going there. Don't, don't be tempted, don't be nudging either, right? Through a conversation, they consumed the ideal, information, the thoughts, and began to process it. The progression tells us that sin does not begin with the act, it begins in the minds. Hmm. Y'all need to, y'all gotta get that. Don't check out too quick, okay? This junk doesn't begin with the act, begins with the mind. It's a psychological whooping. It's a constant, constant, constant shoving it in your face, saying it, shoving it, more and more information, data, information, system, do this, the world, the worldview, all this junk. And you, you sit here in your earth suit on this dirt ball as a believer, and you've got to stay in this word right here. Why? Because this will flush your mind. If you're not flushing, you stinking. I don't flush all weekend, smell it Monday. Woo, bad. Run you out of the house, dude, all right? Greatest thing you ever teach your kids, flush. Then don't stop teaching them when they're 18 either. You say, well, they ought to know how to flush then. I'm not talking about that flusher. I'm talking about that flusher. Flush that mind. I want you to go to Romans real quick. Don't think about that hamburger on the grill yet, all right? Romans chapter 12. I want you to see a flushing. God says you got to flush. Romans 12, 2. Here's the handle. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be you flushed, be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, what, what his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. 
If you flush on a daily basis, let the word flush the worldview system pattern, ideal, bad tree out of your mind all the time. Dinner table. Mm, precious thing in America. Dinner table. Hope you still gather. Have conversation. Listen to your kids talk. You'll know quickly who's talking to them and who they're talking to. And if you need to flush, stand up at the table and flush, right? You got to hear them think. We call Taco Tuesday. It's what we do as a family. Been doing it for years. We do Taco Tuesday because I want to hear my kids talk. When they were in college, I want to hear them talk because I know then who's talking to them and who they're talking to. All right? Listen to them talk. Listen to them reason. Ask them why you think that's right. Ask them why you think they do that. Ask them why they you think they want you to do that. Listen to them talk about what their friends do. Listen to them talk about decisions their friends make. Figure out what they think is signing, they're signing off on going, that's okay. Oh, if that's not okay, you tell them, you need to flush. That is not okay. Well, it's not when you grew up, mom and dad. There ain't no time, there ain't no date of birth growing up thing. That's bad tree. That's a bad tree. That's a bad tree. You got to flush. Used to say, I want to make sure my, my kid's compass is facing north. That sucker starts tilting over here a little bit. Got to fritt that thing back north. All right? Now, east is good. He's coming from the east, but we need to keep it saying north right now. All right? North. Be careful. Very careful. Very careful who you have conversation with. Scripture tells you in 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Don't be fooled. Bad company will corrupt good character. You got to be careful. You raise up good kids. You send them out. Make sure they're listening who they need to listen to. Make sure they're around who they need to be around, okay? For us as individuals, as adults, you got to be careful who you listen to, how you, how you have, who you have conversation with. So the fruit is consumed. They want you to consume it. Watch that tree. Number four, we're done. The fruit causes separation. It was warned by God. Look back in Genesis. Genesis 3, 8. Then the man and, the, man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from God among the trees in the garden. Who hid from who? They hid from God. They hid from God. They hid from God because they were ashamed and afraid of his reaction. Now, last week I said, what is your view of God? How do you picture God? How do you see God? That's a big deal, okay? The truth is, that Adam and Eve misjudged how God would respond to their sin. There's people sitting in this audience and listening online right now. You have a misview of how God's gonna respond to your sin. Of decisions you're in, the choices that you made, right where you're at today, you, you feel like that he's gonna judge you and condemn you and come down on you and just beat you. I'm sorry, but where in the world are you getting that about my God? He drug a woman caught in adultery to him. 
the religious leaders did. Said the law says we need to condemn her. Oh, it does. And you guys are experts in the law, I guess. Yeah, we are. Well, then maybe you should grab the first stone and maybe you should stone her. And they began to drop their stones. And it says the older ones first. (laughs) The longer you float down the river of grace, the more you understand grace. If that's how God's gonna respond, how's God gonna respond to you? Same way. See, my God doesn't change. So today, if you feel condemned and you feel shame, you feel guilt, don't hide from God. Just come clean. Just walk to God and say, God, you know who I am. You know what I've done. You know who I am. You know how I feel. But I come into you because in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. And out of his kindness, whoo, out of his kindness comes repentance. Not just repentance, but on the other side of repentance is healing. So today, can I say something to you? No matter where you find yourself, you may say, Jeff, I've been eating from the wrong tree and I feel terrible about it. Then you just tell God, God, you already know I've been eating from the wrong tree and I'm hiding from you because I think you're gonna come down on me and you're mean. But I read in scripture, you're a loving God. So I come today, I lay my life before you and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me and heal me and make me whole and he will. You see, when we sin, God doesn't move. Sin separates us, but God doesn't run. God's right where he was. He keeps speaking to us, seeking us, and wanting us to come back to him. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friend, he make you whole today. Make you whole today. Don't hide from God, because he's not hiding from you. In the garden, when they hid from God, God wasn't hiding behind a tree watching to see if they eat from that tree. When they eat from a tree, he came out and just whooped them, boy. Just whooped them. That's not our God. That's not what he did. He gave them a choice. They made a wrong choice, but he was there in love to receive them after the bad choice and restore. So that's our God today. Be careful what tree you eat from. Every day, right in front of us, the trees are presented. You will see the tree all weekend. You'll see it all next week. A tree of life and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. This tree right here, that's God's tree. This tree right here, world tree, right? This tree right here, (laughs) knowledge of good and evil, sometimes raised up in a religious tree. You gotta be good enough, act right, sit up tall. Don't act up in church, be still. God tree over here, relationship. Religion's always been God's, man's attempt to get to God. Relationship has always been God's attempt to get to man tree of life, my friend. What tree are you eating from? If you're eating from a tree of knowledge, get your swing out of that tree and run. It's not a tree for you. It's going to be shoved down your throat until Jesus comes back, and you're going to have to decide what tree to eat from. You eat from that tree, you're going to surely die. You eat from a tree of life, you'll surely live. All right? I'm going to invite you to stay in church. As the worship team comes, If you're on the ministry team this morning, I invite you to come as well. If you're at home listening, maybe in a cabin, bless your heart, all right? (laughs) 
And I mean that with love, okay? Just invite me next time. But uh, if you're there, just understand something. God will reach through a TV set to show you how much he loves you. As much as they shove junk through a TV set, computer, internet, Facebook, all that junk, they, they shove all that junk through there, God could take it, turn it, and shove life to it to receive his life today. Come to his tree and get off the world's tree. Come to the tree of life and get off that tree of knowledge of good and evil. This tree is works. Hmm. This tree is life. If today you're in this room or online and you say, Jeff, I've eaten from a tree of knowledge of good and evil all my life. You got me nowhere but tired. Then give up today. Give up the fight. Get off the wheel and die. Just give your life to Christ. And he'll raise you just like he was raised to live a life that he's always designed for you. Quit eating from a bad tree because a bad tree will just produce bad fruit. Go to the tree of life. Let me pray for you. Father, this morning, the world will shove the tree of knowledge of good and evil in our face every day. But we, created by you, were never designed to eat from that tree. You told us from the very get-go. God, if we've eaten from it, we wanna confess that. We wanna get out of that tree, get away from that tree, come back to you. I pray, God, today, the church online, the church in the house, will be careful in the coming days, weeks, months, and years that we only eat from the tree of life and never, ever from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree is bad and will only lead to death. So God, I pray that you will give us wisdom to eat from the right tree because what you have for us is better than life because that's who you are, your life. So God, we love you. Right now, draw us, each of us, no matter where we're at, by the Holy Spirit of God. Right now, draw us, God, for your glory. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's worship church. You need to come, you come. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.